0: Good morning. Thanks for coming on back to the Damon Bruce Show here on Damon Bruce Plus. It is wonderful to have you. Last night, Larry Kruger and I were doing a uh, home and home. I was on his channel and in the middle of our conversation, whatever we were talking about, kind of got turned around on a dime when the story that Shams and Anthony Slater put out on The Athletic uh, started talking about Bob Myers, and I want to read you the tweet that Larry and I discussed, and you and I are about to talk about right here. Uh, last night, Shams tweeted out that the Warriors and President of Basketball Operations, Bob Myers, have had no substantial contract extension talks in months, and that the sides are bracing for the likelihood that Myers could walk away from the franchise. Okay, well... This is something that I've been talking about for a very, very long time. This is something that Ray Ratto and I talked about extensively on ninety-five-seven The Game back in the day, and it's something we got to keep on talking about because it looks like things could be changing. Um, you know, it is a great Bay Area mind in sports. Bill Walsh, that once said, "It's always better to say goodbye a year too early than it is a year too late," and on uh, you know, everyone applies that to players. But maybe Bob is applying that to himself in his own mind because, look, the Golden State Warriors are about to enter a very, very difficult phase of their entire run here. And I'm not saying that Bob is smart enough to be the first guy off the sinking ship because the SIP isn't sinking, but paddling it, uh, running this ship is about to be harder than ever before and more restrictive than ever before. And we'll get into some of those details here in just a minute. Um, this is a very complicated job. And it's a complicated job that Bob has negotiated wonderfully. Now, you might have individual bones to pick with some decisions that he made, but four titles in nine years is pretty hard to sneeze at or say, that's not good enough for me because that is an amount of success that is so rare if you can't appreciate it and all the chess moves he made to make sure that that happened you just haven't been paying close attention to how important he really is to the franchise having said all of that he is not the only person in the world who can do the job but he's done the job so well with such an aplomb and has represented himself in the franchise. So wonderfully, it's hard to think of this team going forward without him. So, what a fork in the road that this could really represent. Like, you know, now it's, I do think Bob is the kind of guy who is going to look around and take what he believes is the most interesting opportunity. I don't think this is all just money based. I really don't. I never got that from Bob Myers. I never picked up that money was his Jesus, and if he weren't attached to the highest dollar amount that any general manager across all sports makes, he would be deeply offended by that. I think he realizes how much money Joe Lacob has spent on keeping a winner together. He's got to be very appreciative of that. Uh, Bob has been fabulously compensated the entire time he has been with the Warriors, so how much more fabulously compensated do you really need to be? Um, and also, having said all that, Joe Lacob bought something for $400 million that is now worth $7 billion. So I don't want to hear him dickering over a pile of $5 million, $10 million, $15 million. I mean, that is small potatoes to keep this going. Um, in terms of there not being any... Talk between Team Myers and Team Warriors, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Uh, I read the article and they changed, exchanged some figures uh, a couple of months ago. But Bob isn't the type of guy to interject his own agenda into the season and certainly not the postseason. So I don't think that the timing of all of this Or the lack of timing of any negotiation right now is that emblematic of these two sides are so far apart they're not even talking anymore. I don't think that's happening here. Uh, I also see Bob is smart enough to want a cooling off period between the season ending and him sitting down with Joe one more time to hammer any kind of deal out. Um, And I'll tell you, and I have been talking about this with several people who are connected, and not just around the NBA, but around sports and entertainment. And I've heard countless rumors attached to what might lie in Bob Meyer's future. I'm confirming none of these, but I'll tell you what I've heard. I've heard that he has a handshake agreement with Steve Ballmer that the minute he wants complete control of the Los Angeles Clippers. There could even be an equity stake in there for him. It is his. He could have that. The Clippers would bring him in immediately. I can't think of many NBA teams that honestly wouldn't. Um, I heard that he could be uh, asked to come back to CAA and run not just the CAA sports department but maybe the entire talent agency and that's the biggest talent agency in the world. I've heard that Bob might want to start his own talent agency and be, you know, the next competitor. He's watched, you know, LeBron's friends do this. He's watched CAA, he's been an agent, he knows negotiations from every conceivable angle and maybe he wants to build his own company. I've heard that. I've heard that there is interest possibly in Amazon bringing Bob Myers in to control a huge part of their about-to-be-growing sports division. I have also heard that when he went and sat down and did some stuff with Omaha Productions and dabbled in some podcasting, he really liked it, and Peyton Manning was literally just like blown away after, you know, splitting a sandwich with him one day at lunch and was ready to hire him right on the spot to basically be the president of Omaha Productions. So, you know, Bob Myers's future, his opportunities, they they go to infinity. I mean, they really do when you look around at all the different things that he could do, it's something else. Before we move on, let me take time to thank this gentleman right here. This is Ike. Ike sells love and sandwiches. The love is for free. The sandwiches he's going to ask you for a little bit money for. But I'll tell you, it is worth every dollar. They are delicious. Whatever your taste in a sandwich is, believe me, he can meet it. They're fantastic. Go to an Ike's near you. Download the Ike's app and have a sandwich delivered to you in so many different locations. So go get yourself a delicious lunch and tell Ike that your buddy Damon sent you. Now, tonight, when you're sitting around maybe watching a little NBA action, we got Game 2 Lakers and Nuggets tonight. Uh, Last night, how good was Jimmy Butler? We'll get to some NBA more stuff here in just a second. But um, uh, wash it on down with a little blackened whiskey, baby. A little something to sip on, a little something to make cocktails with. Uh, You want it neat. You want it on the rocks. You want a, a little whiskey and Coke. It fits Every single conceivable glass and style of whiskey drinking that you could think of. The blackened, the rye, the cast-conditioned, it's all spectacular stuff. We will get more into the blackened sign when we hop into Club Palouse and start looking at some of your texts a little bit later on. Um, Or I should say what's going on in the chat. And as always, the chat room is booming before the show even starts. You guys are hysterical. You gals are hysterical. You're gathering before the show even begins to start talking with each other. What a cool little community we're building over here. It Really, it means a ton. Um, for the Bob Myers doesn't matter that much crowd. And I have seen that pop up on my Twitter timeline as people talk about the story that came out last night. The Bob Myers hasn't mattered that much crowd. All I can tell you is you are among the least enlightened, least informed, didn't quite know what you were ever really looking at or talking about when it comes to how the Warriors have been run. And that's fine. You know, a lot of people don't look beyond the court to appreciate anything about a basketball team. And that's a a fine way to approach sports. But again, it's not a complete way to look at sports. Bob Myers has been the holy grail of calmness, of reasonable, of a personable approach at every conceivable level of how a a franchise communicates with agents, with players, with the league, with media, with fans, with owners. Bob checks every single box about as well as any GM I have ever seen. You know, there are a lot of GMs who might be good behind the scenes doing the business, but out in front of the media, they're a disaster. You know, just with, with around fans, they're a disaster. If you go up and you talk to Bob Myers, you're gonna notice that he shakes you with his right hand while he's putting his left hand on your shoulder. The man builds personal connections with everyone and it's not an act it happens effortlessly it's who he is you can't fake that he's a guiding light and a guiding hand of humility for uh an owner and a team and a coach and a whole bunch of egos that would be very easy to trip over if you dealt with him incorrectly bob myers is just the steadiest hand of everyone relax And that is so valuable in a world, a high-pressure world of sports. Um, There's a reason why the Warriors have been incredibly successful. And if we were building tiers of success, you know, obviously Curry's on that one line. You could say that an owner sets a tone for a franchise, and obviously the owner changing, you know, to Joe Lacob has been great for the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr, Bob Myers, they're all right at the very top of the pyramid of why this has all worked. And if you don't understand it, because all you care about is who's on the court, but not necessarily how the team that on, that is on the court is assembled you know i mean you're you're just not enlightened that's not an element that you're prepared to talk about because the steps that bob myers took to build a team that was a champion before kevin durant arrived the steps that he took to then add kevin durant and then the steps that he took around kevin durant's departure that eventually became Andrew Wiggins, which has delivered a post-Kevin Durant championship, which everybody agreed would not happen. It happened. You know, adding Kaminga might not have done much this year, but it's a player that I like. Has he been perfect? Have every single one of Bob Myers' decisions resonated with a future Hall of Famer in the weight? No. There is no perfect. Perfect is unavailable in any element of team building. You will always strike out two more times than you hit a home run when you're drafting players. It's just the way sports has always worked. So to point to any one decision and try to define Bob Myers as that and completely ignore that he is an architect of four titles in nine years is just lunacy. Four titles in nine years. And all I can tell you is if that is not good enough for you, what team are you rooting for? What what team floats your boat if four titles in nine years isn't enough for you to admit, hey, that guy did a hell of a job? You know, the... How sub how Durant specifically was added, and then someone was like, well, Bob Myers didn't do that. The whole team flew down there, and it was the Hampton Five, and Draymond Green got him. No. Uh, of course, the players being there mattered, and the players mattered to Kevin Durant. And Bob is smart enough to know when to back away and not take credit for things, that his fingerprints are all over. Again, it's that humility. He is not jumping into championship team photos like, look at me, look at what I built. You'll always see Bob Myers and Steve Kerr standing off to the side. They want it to be about the players. The master strokes of moves that were made around the addition of Durant and the departure of Durant, He, Bob Myers saw so far down the chessboard that you know other agents haven't even started playing when Bob started making his moves to bring Durant and then to subtract Durant. It's brilliant shit when you go ahead and you look at what had happened, the anatomy of those deals, the deconstruction of the Durant deal. It's all it's fascinating. It's a little bit too complicated. I would need a flow chart behind me to explain all the machinations of what that was. It was incredible that it was done. So, again, if. The Warriors' success does not fit your standards. I don't know who the hell it is you root for out there or what satisfies you as a sports fan. I want to talk a little bit about Joe Lacob and the decision that's in front of him. Again, the man is now owning a team that is worth more than every other team that plays basketball on the globe. He is the most valuable basketball team on the planet. Um, So to... Just turn around and flip the keys to that to your son because you think he's ready. I just I think it would be a mistake. and I actually do like Kirk Lacob, who is not just a my daddy's in charge here, Rich kid. He's a grinder. He does really put in man hours and I, I, to meet Kirk Lacob is to meet an impressive young man. But would Kirk Lacob be hired by any other NBA franchise to replace their general manager? The answer feels like a no. And so to me, it would just be a huge mistake of Joe Lacob to install his son as a general manager. If that is the plan, it would basically, you know, the phrase political capital, you know, well, here's the thing. The phrase political capital used to mean something. The world's so divided right now that, you know, no matter what the next president does, if you didn't vote for him, you're just, you hate him. There used to be this 100-day grace period where a president had all the new political capital that that they could have, and how they spent it, how quickly they burned through that political capital would sort of explain how smoothly things got started or how choppy it became. To me, Joe Lacob, who I think everyone appreciates as an owner, even if you want to call him meddlesome, um he would destroy his political capital with the Warriors fan base should he just install his son. And, and to me, it's just too big of a job. It's too precious of a task to try to find the right way to land the most important career in the history of the franchise, and that's Steph Curry's career. Steph does not need someone new learning on the job uh, as his next general manager if Bob Myers really is to leave. Mike Dunleavy Jr. Uh, has been Bob Myers' right-hand man through an awful lot of the last couple seasons. As a matter of fact, I saw that he was just representing the Warriors in the GM meetings in Chicago this past week, and he's done that in the past, so he could be the next guy in waiting. Um, to me, the next GM, if there is to be a next GM, and Bob really does go somewhere, that that has to be a comprehensive search that dots every franchise in the NBA for ready to go up and come. It can't just be, all right, Bob's out, Kirk is in. That would be, to me, a disastrous way to go about the decision. And another reason why it would be hard to install anyone, Kirk Lacob, Captain James T. Kirk, anyone, any Kirk you could think of, any Lacob you could think of, anyone that you could think of if, If you did take the Warriors GM job today, what you do have is one of the most difficult choppy waters of a team's competitive life cycle to navigate that you could possibly step into as a first-time general manager. The Warriors are essentially being suffocated by their own success, their own star power, and their own longevity. That is Those three elements, star power, success, and longevity, are killing the Warriors. You would think a team that was able to keep that together for its fans would be rewarded, but that is not how the NBA has done business. As a matter of fact, the NBA is now conducting a level of CBA business that is designed to punish success more than it is, hey, keep that good thing going because it's really working. It's brutal out there. It is brutal out there. Um, I saw a, re- I'm, and, and I'm going to read a little of this to you, but it's so many numbers. It gets really egg heady It's very complicated. But a conversation that Tim Kawakami and Danny LaRue had on, um, you know, either it's a podcast transcript or they put it out as an article. Um, fascinating stuff. If you, uh, how about this? If you are going to be talking about, what the Warriors should do this offseason in terms of what their roster could possibly look like next year. You can't just see that Giannis video where he's like, ooh, going to the Warriors, that might be interesting, and think, oh, just go ahead and add Giannis then. The, the amount of restrictions that are on how the Warriors can even field their team and keep it together as you sort of know it are, it's, it's almost an insurmountable task. It really is. So I want to read to you from Tim and Danny and just stick with me here. It's going to get a little heady. It's going to get a little word heavy, but it all proves the point that if you don't know that this is basically the steps that need to be taken, you shouldn't be talking about what the Warriors should do in an offseason because it's more complicated than just, hey, trade that guy, add these three guys, and everything's going to be okay. It's a lot more complicated than that. We know that they have a massive luxury tax bill from the article coming due somewhere far over $400 million counting salaries and tax penalties next season unless they do some radical slashing. And we know that the new CBA has increased limitations on high spending teams like the Warriors, maybe almost expressively targeting the Warriors. Not counting the player options for either Draymond Green or or Dante DiVincenzo. The Warriors owe about $181 million to 10 players plus the 19th pick in the upcoming 2023 draft. That means the Warriors are over the new second tax stage even before committing any money to retain Green, resign any other free agent contracts, or bring in new talent via minimum contracts. That's slightly over $400 million right there. If we're estimating Draymond Green comes back at the same salary as his player option or a similar salary over extended years because he opts out to opt back in with the Warriors, um, you're looking at $400 million before adding four or five players to just round out the roster. That's Curry, Draymond... Clay, Wiggins, and Jordan Poole. And obviously, Looney's still under contract. Further complicating the situation is the Warriors cannot use the taxpayer mid level exception, so only minimums for new additions other than draft picks. Well, if you're saying, well, you got to wait for a guy to get bought out and then maybe he wants to come and sign for a song with the Warriors, well, teams over the tax cannot sign a player who was bought out during the regular season and made more than about $12.2 million, which means just about everyone who would be cut at the we're we're cutting budget and cutting guys because of how much money they make. So the non-taxpayer mid-level exception will not be there for the Warriors. The Warriors have not exactly done a lot of shopping in the buyout market, but now they basically can't. They can't For anyone who made more than twelve million, and why would you be buying out NBA players who were making less than twelve million? Like making less than twelve million on an NBA roster means you're like on your rookie deal almost. So it is beyond complicated the job that either Bob Myers will step back into or a new GM will step into. It is incredibly difficult waters to navigate. Um, it, It's really something else. By the way, NBA playoffs, like we were saying, they continue tonight. Lakers, Nuggets, Denver leading 1-0. Can they go up 2-0 on their home court? Last night, Jimmy Butler was unbelievable. Like, he's pretty much been in every game that he's played in this postseason. There is something about postseason Jimmy Buckets. It's true. You know, like, there's, the game, there's Game 6 Clay, which might not be true anymore, and there is just playoff Jimmy. And that is true. Jimmy Butler is a really good NBA player in the regular season, and he turns into one of the best players in the NBA in the postseason. Guy's an animal out there. Just a dog. Um, Celtics find themselves in another one nothing hole having lost an opener on their home court. They just went through this with the Sixers. So... You know, fascinating stuff going on there. Uh, Just so you know, there is no Bay Area baseball today. None at all to speak of. Uh, Giants did finish off the Phillies yesterday to complete their first sweep of the season. And the only news I have about the A's is how poorly their landing in Nevada might actually be going. And we'll share that with you at the very end. Again, we're going to get into Club Plus A little bit later, but I know a lot of you are probably, you know, um, wanting to talk about what is going on with the Warriors. And we always got a very smart crowd in here asking smart questions. So let me just quickly um, say right here. uh, Hello and good morning. Uh, Is it R.I.P. Cougar Rebel or Rip Cougar Rebel? I heard Larry say it differently than I normally do. Uh, Don't think that Lake wants to pay him. Uh, and I kind of figured Bob wouldn't come back. You don't let a GM with that type of resume work all season on an expiring contract. Uh, you know, unless that's what the GM wanted. You know, Bob is a, again, this is chess. This isn't checkers. And Bob might have just said, look, in the name of I've got things to work on here, if we don't get anything agreed to, that's fine with me. We'll wait until the offseason. But the word is now the decision is going to come in the next few weeks, um, and it's going to be a major fork in the road. Postman and Capitola helping the show out. Hit that like button, people. Absolutely crush that like button. Please crush the like button. Um, uh, uh, From HR, Bob isn't needed. Curry and Wiggins are locked up, and he's bad at drafting. Okay, that's the dumbest thing I'll read all day. The, the, the Bob isn't needed. You don't know how this works. And find me the general manager who never missed a draft pick. Anywhere in the lottery. Anywhere. Do you like Draymond Green? Did he miss that draft pick? Do you like Clay Thompson? Is that a draft pick that he missed on? Do you like Moses Moody? Do you want Jonathan Kaminga to play more? You can't argue that you want Jonathan Kaminga to play more and say, Bob missed that draft pick. You might be frustrated with Jordan Poole, but he got picked at 19, and normally the player that gets picked at 19 is in Greece at this point in time in his career. Drafting NBA players, look at it this way. Find any NBA draft where you can honestly say, Eight first round picks turned into really good NBA players. It's hard to do. Picking basketball players who are successful in this league is really hard to do. Smiley Dan says it'll be Dunleavy to play yes man to Lacobin Sons. Look, if that's what Joe Lacob is looking for, I don't think that's how Joe Lacob got here. But if that if, if that's what is to be the the future, the future is going to be over quickly because an owner... I I think Joe Lacob wants to have influence. He wants to be in the room. He wants to be at the workout. I don't think he wants a yes man. He's been too successful in business to just want to be surrounded by bootlickers. People who are that successful don't become surrounded by bootlickers. I really don't think so. Otis Bird III, dropping a 50-cent vocabulary word, a myriad of options. Thank you, Otis Bird. You're right. There is a massive myriad of options. Would you say he had a plethora of options? You wouldn't lie to me if we did not have a plethora. I hope all of you who enjoyed the three amigos enjoyed that El Wapo impersonation. Impersonation. I just think that Bob Myers is the kind of guy that once once you do business with him, you just do not, should not stop doing business with him. That's how good he is at this. And again, being a GM is so much more than drafting the right player if that's all you see when you look at what a general manager does you don't see the full racetrack. there's so much more to a general manager's day than just drafting the right player and it goes to understanding the cap the new cba rules all the chess moves that again got you to durant and then out of durant for further assets that help you win a title in the post-durant era it is being an armchair quarterback to difficult egos to manage Ding, 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 ding. Draymond Green, I'm talking about you. Jordan Poole, talking about you. We all know that Steph Curry is basically the easiest superstar to manage of all time, but maybe part of that ease comes with the delicate hand that Bob Myers has over this roster at all times. You know, it's it's he's a guy who is just really, really impressive. I mean, so impressive. And, I, you know, it's, to me, the kind of, it's the, it's, it's the kind of thing that, I, I understand why people don't understand this. I really do. And I understand that, you know, you didn't work for the Warriors flagship station and spend as many nights in the hallway as I have talking to Bob and going up to him and talking to him at games. I know that you don't know Bob Myers the way I do. And I don't claim to be Bob's friend. Uh, we have never, you know, been to dinner together or anything like that. We were supposed to go to lunch together, which he has been postponing, which means he must be very busy right now, which maybe means he's about to leave. But Bob is a. Such an impressive person. Beyond. Beyond. He's the general manager of the Golden State Warriors. Like, you would be thrilled if Bob Myers was the principal at the school your kid went to. You'd be like, wow, this principal is a really impressive principal. You know, Bob will be successful in no matter what he chooses to do. And that, I think, is evident in all the options that seem to be appearing in front of him. You know somebody says, here again, I'm going to stop going to you because I just don't want to rip you apart, but Adrian, Bob gets credit for being associated with these wins, but he didn't build this team. Dude, stop it. He added Kevin Durant, who added championships. When Kevin Durant walked away with a pouty face, he then turned that into D'Angelo Russell, who he then, down the chessboard, flipped to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins and the pick that became Jonathan Kaminga. And remember, this whole thing begins with the addition of Andre Iguodala. Who signed Andre Iguodala? That's right, Erwin. If there was no Bob Myers, there's no Andre Iguodala, and there's probably no dynasty. There are so many chess pieces. This guy knows how to play chess. And if sustaining success were an easy thing to do, how come whichever team wins a title doesn't go on to be a dynasty? Getting to the top of the mountain is incredibly difficult. Staying there is a near impossible task. It's incredibly difficult to stay there. So, uh, this guy has kept the warriors in position. That it's just uh, it's it, it's very difficult. And again, this HR guy, I'm going to stop reading you, dude, because you're just way off base and we can't have off-base people running the conversation. So said, Bob doesn't have a plan to fix this mess because there isn't one. We can't pay Bob for what he did in the past. Do you want to re-sign Clay Thompson? Because isn't that paying him for what he did in the past? And as I explained in vivid detail, going over a Tim Kawakami thing, if you don't think this is a mess, you aren't paying fucking attention. The Warriors from a... putting together a competitive roster next year are a massive mess. They can only sign minimum players. That's it. That's it. You know, that, that it's it's not easy going forward. What the Warriors have to deal with. Very very difficult times coming. And Sporticus, who knows a thing or two. It takes great skill to manage consistent winning around a large, around large star contracts within a salary restriction. You are right, Sportacus. It's a very difficult thing to do. It's a wildly difficult thing to do. And the Warriors right now are caught in between a rock and a hard place because of their own success. Again, they're being suffocated by their own success, star power, and longevity. There aren't many teams that have the owner to just say, yeah, keep it all together and then suffer a tax penalty that the Warriors are suffering right now. And, you know, how much can you be suffering when you are worth $7 billion? The answer is it's just money and money should not be the reason. And here's the thing. I I don't think that Bob is just here for the money. I think Bob wants a, a little bit of a different opportunity. There's, look, He has been to the mountaintop. He has stayed there. The zenith of the Golden State Warriors as a dynasty has been reached. There is nothing really in front of them other than trying to win one more title on the downslope of the mountain. Let's be honest. Nothing lasts forever. You know, Draymond can talk about how yeah, you know, you know, me punching Jordan Poole was really bad for the Warriors all season long. I lost my voice, my credibility, and by the time I found it again, it was too late to, you know, get all these guys out of bad habits. Yeah, I mean, that's good on a podcast. It sounds interesting. I understand why Stephen A. Smith would want that interview. But it's just, it's so much more difficult than that. It's not just well, Draymond punched Jordan Poole and the whole thing came to... This team's getting older. This team's getting older. They're not as talented as they used to be. They're getting out-athleted everywhere, which happens when you are dedicated to keeping an older nucleus together. I hope that Bob Myers comes back, but the truth is... If he doesn't, like that's not it for the Warriors. They're not gonna forfeit. There is someone else for the job. Who might be that someone else? Mike Dunleavy? Uh, okay. Kirk Lacob. To me, why you'd want to be a team's GM instead of being groomed to be the team's next owner, I really don't understand that. Like it's just that that's bad career choice. But if he really wants to do that. You know, I think it would just be a massive mistake for Joe to just be like, "All right, you're ready to do it." I mean, you got to go after the best of the best of the best. You go after Toronto's Masai Ujiri. You go after the best of the best of the best. You go after, you know, do do you like the way the Oklahoma City Thunder draft? Go pay, you know, go go pay their GM more money than he could ever think of. Money should not be an object standing in the way of anything the Warriors do. And it wouldn't be an object standing in the way of what the Warriors would do if it weren't for all these new layers to the CBA that are basically cooked into it to make sure the Warriors can't keep doing what the Warriors can keep doing. Again, before you talk about roster construction and how easy it is, if you haven't read the Danny LaRue, Tim Kawakami piece in The Athletic, you shouldn't be allowed to talk about this in any chat room, in any bar, in any forum. It is more complicated than you could possibly understand. I mean, your mind, your eyes kind of go blank as you're reading this stuff. We got a lot of people here weighing in. A lot of people here. Uh, This is uh, Goyoto. You can hear the talking points that Joe Lacob and others will use if Dunleavy Jr., he's a lifetime experience around the NBA. Everybody doubted Bob's experience when he was hired. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll hear those talking points. And look, Mike Dunleavy knows the NBA. He is a smart guy. He has been around the team for a long time. He went to Duke. He, he's an impressive guy too. Meet Mike Dunleavy Jr. You will be impressed. You might not have been impressed of him as a player, but as a person, as someone to meet, he's a very impressive guy. But is he ready for this difficult and complicated of a job? I don't know. I don't know. Now, here's something that Larry and I actually talked about a little bit. NorCal Viking, maybe Bob goes and Kerr takes over as GM and we get a new coach. Not totally out of the realm of possibility, but... I don't think that that's going to happen only because Steve is way too much of a killer and he wants to be hunting and you can't hunt from the GM suite the way that you can hunt from the coach's box. He wants to be in the locker room. He wants to be around players. Steve is still a player in his own mind, in his own heart. And I I just don't think that after being the GM of the Phoenix Suns, he wants to necessarily do that, especially again, to be the GM under the... Golden State Warriors restrictions is to basically kind of go on a suicide mission. It's almost designed to be built to fail. It's going to make it incredibly hard for the Warriors to continue looking like anything that you believe you recognize. We'll get into more of the chat when we get into club plus, but there are just a couple other things I, I want to let you know about here today before we tip our cap and already say goodbye um, to everyone listening on the podcast. The here's something we never talk about that 49ers quarterback situation. Albert Breer says at best Brock Purdy could miss a good chunk of the summer and be hustling to get back for the opener at worst. One of the two presumed backups will either start the season Darnold or Lance. Lance, and, you know, is it going to be Darnold? Is it going to be Trey Lance? To me, I just hope Brock Purdy's ready to go in week one, but he is going to miss an awful lot of the summer workouts, which means Trey Lance and Darnold have this opportunity, the two of them, to battle each other. Um, I just think that when we get down to the nitty-gritty of what Kyle Shanahan wants, Kyle sort of, conned himself into thinking he wanted a true athletic hybrid quarterback more than he wants a three, five, seven step drop passer who throws underneath accurately. That's what Purdy is, and that's when things really started working. That's what I think Sam Darnold could be. That's why I think he might have a leg up on Trey Lance. And look, Trey Lance has so far been a better idea than he has been a return on investment. And Kyle's got wonderlust when it comes to quarterbacks. If he sees anything he remotely likes of Darnold, if Darnold reminds him more of what Brock Purdy was successful doing than Trey Lance reminds him of what Brock Purdy became successful doing, Darnold could be your week one starter. We'll have a little bit more time between now and the beginning of the season to talk about that, but here we are again in year whatever of the Kyle Shanahan era, and it's still who is going to be your quarterback. It's the story that never, never ends. Neither is the story that I always like to say should end with fuck John Fisher no matter what happens. I want to just share this with you from the Nevada Independent written by Tabitha Miller, Muller, M-U-L-L-E-R, Muller, uh, Nevada lawmakers have yet to introduce legislation to bring the Oakland A's to Las Vegas because they're only willing to contribute up to $195 million in transferable tax credits for the stadium construction funding, not the full almost $400 million the team is seeking. In other words, the Nevada legislature hasn't even had the meeting that they need to have. And when they do have that meeting, it will be about not giving the the, the A's the money that they expect to get. Watch them screw that up, too. Watch the A's not be loved in Nevada. or And again, Nevada, if you're smart, you will not come within 100 miles of doing business with John Fisher. Uh, you will stay away, and you will just wait for an expansion. Get your own team. Don't come with one that's got John Fisher's fingerprints all over it. He should be forced to sell to two ownership groups, one of the two, which would be committed to keeping the A's in Oakland. The A's, by the way, in their series with the Diamondbacks, claim to have drawn 11,000 fans, not per game, for the entirety of the three-game series. They are claiming about in the neighborhood of 11,000 fans. That is a lie. There is no way that there were 4,000 fans that attended that series. I've seen the pictures Yesterday, I saw a picture of, it looked like a school choir, a school band in the middle of the outfield singing the national anthem. There were more kids singing the national anthem than there were fans about to watch the game. There were more kids singing the national anthem than there were fans standing with their hands over their heart for the national anthem. We've gotten to a lot of stuff today. We went long, not Larry Kruger level we went long But, you know, we've done about 45 minutes here, and that goes on the podcast, which means thank you so much for listening. Uh, We are about to get into the chat, which is still flowing, and we'll do all that as we enter Club Plus. But for those listening, I say thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and please do remember that sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone.